Welcome to Locker Room Extra. It's Scotland at the Euros. Well done, it's a wonderful play tonight um, because we just got points at Wembley. It's not the day you can say that. Scotland now, England now, and even better in the other game. It was Croatia 1, um, Czech Republic 1. So it's been a good night for Scotland all round. Let's, let's hope we can keep it up and get three points on Tuesday night against Croatia at Google Camden Park. Well, we have got a, a fine cask of people lined up for you tonight. We have got myself, the wonderful, sorry, um, I'm not allowed to say that about myself, um, but I've just said uh, it so tough. Um, my name's Michael. I'm joined by James, uh, Graham, um, Graham and Matthew, my two sidekicks, and I'm delighted to speak to say that my um, the David Ferguson has joined us. You meet the member David Ferguson joined us all oh, back in. Uh, uh, the New Year, speaking about the Six Nations, um, and believe it or not, the last time David was on the show, Scotland won the next day as well, so David, you can come back in the game, you're a very good omen indeed. Welcome to the show, David. Delighted to be here, fantastic, yeah. good to join you, nice to hear all the guys tonight, looking forward to some good chat. And obviously we want to hear your views as well, so you can email us in at the locker room in the life at gmail.com. That's the locker room in the life at gmail.com. So I can believe again, David, the game's over now. Um, the last five minutes was about ooh, ah, ooh, but we managed to, <laughs> we, we, we managed to get a point, so... What's your reaction to that, David? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it has to go down as a as a good result for Scotland, a great result. I think that will have surprised a lot of people. You know, when you look at all week long, we've been seeing comparisons with uh, the players in England, how much they earn, how much is is invested in that English league in the Premier League compared to Scotland. So there's always that concern that our players are a bit of a, a, a distance off them. But but I think tonight, you know, that was a huge statement made by the Scottish players, the Scottish team, about their ability, about their maturity, about their able to their ability to compete in, in Euros. You know, we've we've been delighted that they're back at a major championships. And and I think there was always that concern that, that we've done so much to get there. Can we actually compete when we get there? And and Monday was was disappointing. To have a defeat, but I think tonight they earned a lot of respect. I think the players um, from English players and from probably the rest of the world and the rest of Europe um, in their ability to compete tonight because we came out of that not hanging on for a draw. And yeah, there were nervous moments and, and the header against the post, which might have gone in, but we had a number of chances ourselves and we competed well throughout that game, had a lot of possession. And I think um, the Scotland players showed that they deserve to play on this at this level. 
obviously we can pick the bones out because we're here till midnight, believe it or not, 12 o'clock um, tomorrow, uh, if you want. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point and I think that's when I, I would blend everybody in because everybody was writing us off uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks and the interesting in as well. And I, I said this to Craig Brown um, earlier on when we, when we had got a kind of preview show for this game. Nobody, um, when you heard English pundits speaking about Scotland, they can only rhyme of Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson, uh, Stuart Armstrong. But these players are playing in England. Not one pun, not one pundit of the English media mentioned, you know, the, the likes of um, uh, t- um, um, Greg Taylor, even, even though Greg Taylor never got on, but that's the comparison because they, they never mentioned anybody get plagued for Scotland. And I thought that was a shame, but I think you're right, David. I think it put Scottish football on the map a wee bit better. Would you say that? Yeah, I think it's a good point you make here, Michael, that, you know, the English and English press and others knew of Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson, Stuart Armstrong, and, and would have been saying, OK, those boys those boys can compete. We know they, they can be dangerous and we've got to watch out for them. But, yeah, you're right. They didn't know about other players. And actually, when you look at that performance tonight, I think players like Lyndon Dykes and, and mm-hmm. Stephen O'Donnell probably summed up our performance. Those, mm-hmm. you know, with all the best world in the world, they're limited players. You know, Lyndon yeah. Dykes is on the bench at QPR. You know, he was a Livingston striker, you know, last season. He's not the best striker in the world. And yeah, he's had criticism. But the number of headers he won tonight against defenders that earned 10 times his salary, so are supposed to be world beaters. He was beating them to the ball. He was holding up the ball pretty well. Yeah, okay, he never scored. Uh, but, you know, these are players that, that actually played probably out, out of their skin tonight and played at a level that they're not used to playing at. And because of him and Stephen O'Donnell and others, you know, yeah, John McGinn played a, a terrific shift in midfield. I think we saw when um, Billy Gilmore went off, he looked mm. absolutely shattered, mm. you know, and okay, he's a young lad, he's used to playing for Chelsea, but you can't underestimate the the, the level, the step up that there's the, that is there from going from club, club football, even at... Um, the Premier League level to international, it is a major step up. The game is quicker, it's a bit more physical, and you know your skill level gets tested much more at that level. And our boys stood up to that tonight. You know, mm-hmm. we saw you know Kieran Tierney and, and Andy Robertson. I thought were terrific working on that flank and overlapping each other, and still taking on. But in the first minute or two, we saw John McGinn taking on two players and cutting inside and going between them. And I thought that was a real statement of intent, we're not sitting back here, we're not hoping just to hold on to the ball we're going to go at them and I think that was the way to play, I think that's the way the fans want us to play and when we play like that you know, all the, the players can get involved in that and can show that they actually can compete, um, so yeah I, I think there are a number of players there that probably just enhanced their transfer fee significantly tonight by the performances they had that, that will be now known by English scouts and English media in a way that they weren't before tonight. James Matthew and Graham, we, we mentioned on Monday a point would be brilliant now. We've kind of bit your hand off for the point and, and, and we've got that. But 
Can we build on that? Um, obviously, we can look look, um, look at the close again later on because we've got a, we've got a wee while yeah before we before we go and celebrate or you know kind of iron blue or, or whatever. But um, a, a point was brilliant tonight. Um, yeah, it was, and it it was very well deserved. And to be honest, either side could have probably won it. Um, there would only have been one goal in it, I think, the way both teams played. But I just want to uh, single out a young Billy Gilmore, mm. who was presented with the star of the match award, um, which in layman's terms is man of the match. <laughs> but they're calling it star of the match. But I think every player in blue played out of their skin tonight. It was very much reminiscent of some of the games that they played in qualification. Mm. Um, and as a team they were together they defended together they attacked together when they got the opportunities and as someone said to me on a tweet just after the game if we'd had a proper goal scorer on the pitch then it could well have been a victory for Scotland What what do you think of of the game? I am absolutely buzzing with that (laughs) Had we won that game, I would have come on here and sang yes for a Kimbrugge. As it was a draw, I won't, but it was tempting. <laughs> um, but no, I'm absolutely buzzing mm. with that. I thought I thought Steve Clark's selection was very, very bold, going two up front. I said on Monday night, I would have started Billy Gilmore, and I thought he was absolutely brilliant tonight. Mm. What, I like, what I like about Gilmore is that he's demanding the ball off more experienced players, and I think yeah. for a guy his age, it's fantastic. I thought Che Adams was superb. Yeah, he ran yeah. constantly. Defensively, yeah, they had the chance with the header for Stones. It's poor marking. But apart from that, I thought we limited them very few chances. And yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled with that. Delighted with that. I mean, Matthew, I had about four or five players down here, but uh, you could easily say the whole team played well. And also, for the first time, David Marshall didn't have anything much to do in the game, apart from a pull of a wonder save in the first half. Yeah, I mean, I think you can tell that I know Graham quite well because nearly everything he said is exactly what I've written down. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) I mean, honestly, I thought, yeah, I thought every player, there's not one player on the park that I can criticise. I mean, on Monday, we sort of said that maybe the, the selection for for the team wasn't exactly spot on. But I thought tonight, every, everything was spot on. Um, I thought Marshall did everything he had to do. Uh, there wasn't a lot of chances in the game, to be honest. Um, and I, th- I think Scotland had more ch- shots on goal than England, actually. So, But everything Marshall had to do, he did well. I thought Hanley, uh, McTominay played well but Tierney was unbelievable I thought you could tell mm. his presence at the back I mean there was a point in the second half there where nearly everything that went in the box wherever it went in the box landed at Tierney's head or feet um, so you could tell the difference there you could also tell the difference getting forward Robertson even though he had a good game on Monday I thought felt a lot more comfortable knowing that Tierney was running his flank and for a lot of the time, O'Donnell felt more comfortable with Tierney there, knowing that knowing his job to a tee, whether it was sitting back and making a sort of back three where Tierney was bombing forward. But I have to say, even going forward, O'Donnell looked a different player than he did on Monday as well. Um, midfield, I thought we dominated completely. I mean, Gilmore was probably the man of the match, but yeah. McGinn, McGregor and Gilmore together as a three, 
I thought ran that midfield and you know it's a bit like the old derbies whether it's Celtic Rangers Hearts Hibs if you win the midfield battle mm-hmm. there's a there's you're not going to lose it at the very least and I thought we 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 um, won the midfield battle hands down um, and like you said I thought Dykes looked a completely different player with a player up beside him absolutely mm-hmm. um, every ball you know he was trying to win with a purpose I thought his his sort of battle between Mings and Stones was the most interesting storyline of the whole night, I thought. Um, you saw that, you know, they were worried about um, Dykes. Whenever he got the ball, they were worried about what he was going to do with it because they knew Adams was running alongside them. So every player on that pitch is a hero tonight. And, I mean, you can tell by my voice, I'm a bit sore-throated now. And uh, I don't know about the players, but I'm absolutely shattered. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I have nothing but... Uh, praise for them. We said on Monday that if Scotland could make this a battle there was very high chance we'd come out of this with something and I thought that when it descended to that sort of game I thought, I didn't think England really had much of much of a say in it because Scotland bossed it really and even though England did have, I think England's possession was 60% and then they didn't do much with it and Scotland with their 40% I thought ran, nearly ran the show. I thought as well that and um just come back to your point there, Matthew. Um, the middle of the park, I, I thought if it was a boxing match, we would have won that. You, you know, the middle of the park looks much better tonight, and we were right in their faces for the whole game. And that's, uh, I would say that that would that would be the most disappointing thing about Monday. But hey, hope we make up for that tonight. And like the whole team played well, you you, you know, um, and we didn't we didn't we didn't even. Uh, give England time on the ball, you know, and that's what you want to see. Yeah, I mean, I think we had more shots on goal than them. I thought that, you know, every time England got the ball, we were having them. It was almost like an old school sort of Glasgow derby or Edinburgh derby. It had that feel to it. Um, and Scotland didn't give England any time to settle on the ball at all. Every time, even Grealish, you know, when Grealish came on, we were talking about him on Monday and I thought, oh, goodness, here we go. But every time Grealish got the ball, he was either, you know, Scotland were haranguing him and he was having to go back or we were fouling him in the right places almost. We, um, sometimes with Grealish, he can win fouls in places that can really damage us. But we were, the only times Grealish was really getting fouled was in areas that we were pretty okay with. So everything that England threw at us tonight I thought Scotland dealt with um, pretty well. And, you know, looking at that game tonight, I could see there's a lot to build on. Um, Like you said, it's disappointing that that never happened on on Monday. And, it's you know, we said that to Craig Brown. If if there was one country in the world that would lose the easiest game on paper, but then go on and do well in the harder games, it would be Scotland. And, you know, touch wood, maybe we're on to something there. uh, Good speaking on Twitter as well. Yes, we've got to them a wee bit because Ian Wright's basically came out and said on ITV that it was embarrassing for us to get. So you you know that 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 that's basically good for us. Like you, you know, um, it's, uh, it's annoying, Michael. But it's really annoying yeah, because see, see when you hear when you hear that, it's like McTominay, Manchester United, Tierney, mm-hmm. Arsenal, Robertson, uh, Liverpool. Uh, McGregor Celtic who were challenging in the Europa League only last year and McGregor's a top class player Gilmore Chelsea Champions League winner McGinn Aston Villa uh, Shea Adams Premiership and you know Dykes alright he's in the Championship but okay he is a Championship player there's players in there that are, are pretty top standard and you know it's it's really frustrating when you hear I mean it was the same in Ireland to be fair you know you had Irish commentators not really knowing who Scotland were but if they do their homework come on there's some really um, top European talent 
in that side. And it's quite condescending when you hear things like that by Arsenal because um, by Ian Wright, sorry, because um, I thought Scotland were well worth that draw. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, uh, David, they wouldn't say that against you know Italy or Holland or or whatever. I would say it's a bit, it's a bit ignorant. You know, I would use a stronger word, but we're on there, obviously. But it is a bit ignorant, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's two sides to that. Yeah, it is ignorant, and it and it does show a lack of research and a lack of effort uh, to look at who else is playing. We expect that from England com- English commentators. Um, they do tend to live in a bit of a bubble and they, and they see their players as being capable of winning every tournament they play in um, and they get embarrassed or surprised when they don't. But at the same time, we haven't qualified for 23 years. Do you have to say, if you're not at Euros and you're not at World Cups, then there will be that level of ignorance about you because you're not seeing it being seen as being at the top table. So, you know, that's why tonight was really important for for Scottish football, much wider than just that team, much wider than just those players. It was important that they actually made a statement there tonight uh, and, and, you know, put a marker down that this Scotland team in Scottish football has come on from where it was 10 years ago. And we have players that are now playing at top level again. And, you know, every every time we talked about great Scottish teams of the past, you know, and the, I was fortunate enough to be able to watch, you know, I started supporting my local team at the time, St Mirren, and when Sir Alex Ferguson was manager. So that gives you an idea of how long I've been watching football. Um, so that was in the 70s, 80s. So I was fortunate. I was able to watch Scotland going to tournaments to the right you know, right the way through the 80s and the 90s. But we had a lot of players there that were playing in England, that were playing at a high level in England. And that was what actually encouraged me about looking at the game tonight, thinking these boys, Andy Robertson, um, Kieran Tierney, uh, Shea Adams, mm. Billy Gilmer, they'll not be worried about the players they're up against because they're used to playing against them. So mm. they've got that belief that they deserve to be in the same park as them. And unfortunately, you've got to accept that we haven't had that for a long time. You know, boys playing for Motherwell and Hibs and St Mirren or whoever, even Rangers and Celtic, you know, Scottish players. You know, there's not many Scottish players that are, are first starters, you know, every week for Rangers and Celtic, unfortunately, over the last 10 years. You know, there's so many foreign players that come into the game. So they've, they've lacked that belief that they can go on and actually win a game. And, you know, that, you'd have to say that's probably the disappointment for tonight, that they had chances and they didn't finish. If you're being, you know, um, critical of, of the team, you'd say there were chances they had to win it tonight and it's a wee bit disappointing they didn't. But at the same time, you know, just to echo what everybody said, that um, the fact we were able to compete with a team like that, that is a team that is that has a, a, an expectation to go on and win the, the tournament. We were able to compete with them. We were able to create chances against them. You're right what you're saying, um, Matthew and Graham, earlier. Scotland had 11 attempts on goal. England had nine. Scotland had two on target. England only had one on target. Good save, you know, it produced. But only one shot on target from England. That says an awful lot about our defence and not just the defensive players, not just the defenders, but actually in how we were getting behind the ball right across the midfield and the work that Che Adams and Lyndon Dykes were doing. I thought the work rate tonight was phenomenal, right from 1 to 11 in getting behind the ball and defending. And so those elements of our game, I think tonight, is what will really 
um, turn heads and make people sit up and say, actually, this Scotland team have moved on quite a bit from the Scotland teams we expected of the past. And and that's what you have to do to earn the respect and get people talking about you. I don't think we'll be in right talking about Scotland quite the same over the next couple of years if we can show that this isn't a, a one-off, that um, you know Scotland are on a different level now. Yeah, I've got got to say good evening to Val. Val says uh, good result uh, listening to you on Angelize May Michael's good show. So uh, hi to Val. Don't forget you can uh, drop us a message on the Discord uh, channel. Just going to Angelize Regal uh, the, the website, or you can email us at the locker room Angelize at gmail dot com. But yeah, I think you're right. Um, uh, David, uh, that's the same Ian Wright I was playing up in Scotland about five years ago, and now he's saying it's embarrassing. But hey, hold the rescue's history, as I say. Uh, the maybe he's got a short memory, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know uh, if Ian Wright has a memory to be honest, Michael. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to worry about Ian Wright, <laughs> he yeah. says what he sees. I think he yeah. forgets what happened five minutes ago, never mind what happened yeah. the rest of the season. See, see, see what you see. That that's something that a cat flies. You would, you would say. But there you go. Um, so yeah. Um, I mean, Val was saying a good result tonight, and it was a good result tonight. But yeah, going back to David's point, Graham, I can't really remember uh, England having a shot within goal apart from uh, Stones in the first half, um, and they hit the bar. And again. Uh, you know, it proves my point again, and I may actually, you, you know, I might come back and haunt me, but I say on Monday, David going on the show, I don't know if you agree with me here, but Harry Kane is very, very, is an is a overrated football player, I thought. And, and it just showed you tonight. That, that's kind of my opinion, but, you know, and a lot of people say, well, he's... He's won the Golden Boot and all the rest of it. But I saw him on Sunday against Croatia and he was hardly in the game. And tonight he only one shot, um, one shot a goal, I think. I think, Michael, I would disagree with you. Um, and as much as I think Harry Kane's a far better player than what he's shown over those two games, he hasn't had the best season at his club either. Um, but that, in a way, has been good for us. Um, that he wasn't as sharp as what you would normally expect from him. Um, but the game again, England's game on Sunday, they struggled to score goals. And I've got to be honest, I thought they would find their goal-scoring boots against Scotland tonight. Yeah. I really did. Um, that was my biggest fear. But again, they struggled to find the net. Um, now, we can't boast you know, that we've got great goal-scorers because we don't. No, um, no. But you know what? If you look at the statistics on the number of attempts that were actually, you know, on target, I think that says an awful lot. And I, I know that um, I said this on Monday after the game, David uh, as well. But it was no brilliant to see fans in at Wembley, even even though the majority of them, well, all of them, was um, England fans and and a wee handful of Scotland fans. Right enough. If you look at if you look right round round the park, the Scotland fans were were, were were basically there. But that that kind of game it needs an atmosphere, and it would be flat as a pancake basically without any fans there. So it was nice to see people there. Yeah, 
I don't know what you guys think, but I heard the Scottish fans throughout the game. Yeah. And yeah. and particularly in the last five, ten minutes. I remember I was there in, in Euro ninety-six. Um and for some strange quirk, <laughs> I the ticket I was given was in England end. And we went there as a huge squad of us. And mm. somebody had managed to uh, the tickets had been delivered. I thought I'd got the tickets through the, the Tartan Army, through the usual SFA. When I was handed my ticket, it turned out it was from a publican in Gala Shields who had got it from Carlsberg. And I was in England end, dressed in red tartan trousers, uh, a red tartan scarf and my my a blue top. And uh, and when it came to I remember, I still remember it came to half time and they're playing rocking all over the world. I was on the terrace and in the steps thinking, well, I'm in amongst them. I might as well yeah. go for it. And I was dancing and singing and everybody loved it. But the English fans were pretty quiet. And mm. even though we had a much smaller contingent of Scottish fans, it was the Scottish fans you heard all the way through the game. And I thought you heard them tonight as well. And I think, I think that is a big factor. I think the fact yeah. that they were in there, Michael, it did help. I mm-hmm. think, you know, I think the players will have heard them tonight. And, you know, I, I think, you know, however many we get into a stadium, we always make our voices heard. And, you know, I, I think that will have played a fact tonight because there were periods, and I've been at England games. It's funny, we talked about rugby earlier in the season, Michael. And, you know, I've been at England rugby, England-Scotland rugby matches as well, where they're very quiet, England fans, unless they're doing something that really excites them. They go very quiet. And that can be quite unnerving, I think, for the home side. And I think tonight England will have known when there was quite it was quite quiet throughout periods of that game. The English players will have known that they were not doing what they were expected to do. It wasn't going the way they were expecting it to go. And I think that in itself, you know, will have unnerved them. When you're talking about Harry Kane, I was delighted, although I was a wee bit worried about whether we finished the game with eleven men in the pitch. I was delighted to see John McGinn give Harry Kane a nice wee clip early on that made sure Harry Kane knew he was there. And I, I think, yeah, I agree with you, James. I think it's been a long season for Harry Kane, a difficult season for him. I think we can see him being quite tired. I think that's played into our hands. But I think it helped tonight that there were people right in about his ankles. Um, that made it clear to him you're not going to have it your own way and I think that was a, a, key, a key, key part of, of the Scottish performance tonight Michael you're on silent Aye another wee plus for the Scotland fans there's an article in the Independent um, praising the Scotland starting army for cleaning up their litter after themselves uh, in Hyde Park <laughs> today, um, helping out the council workers to clear up all the beer cans and what have you. So, you know, well done. Well done to the Tart Army once again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matthew, Matthew, Tuesday night's a big game now. Um, how do you go on from cleaning up the litter to uh, Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> because hopefully we'll be cleaning up against Croatia. That yeah. was the link, Matthew. Weaky, weaky. <laughs> James, that's why you're on the show. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard getting me on after this game because, like, I don't. Like, I'm still all over the place. Like, I'm just so ecstatic after the result. Um, but you know what? I think you know we were talking on Monday. I think you know we would have like. I suppose. We'd have taken a draw on, on Monday and this draw keeps it alive. Um, it's still a difficult task. It's mm. still going to be a, a tough thing. And, you know, they always say about um, competitions and tournaments that the teams who tend to go on and win it don't set the world on fire at the start. 
And that would be the thing about Croatia because they've not set the world alight on um, so far. Obviously, the England game was a bit disappointing and today's uh, performance wasn't their best either. But it's still a Croatia side that um, have some of the top players in the world that have done really well in tournaments up to now. And Scotland have to go and win. So I'm not going to start jumping up and down too early. Um, and, and Even though tonight was really good, I think Croatia is going to be easily the biggest and toughest test we'll face, I think, after that. Because, you know, Croatia will know what they're up against now. They've seen Scotland at their best. They know that they'll have to be at their best to qualify. And they themselves need the victory. So Tuesday is absolutely massive. Um and I just don't know where it's going to go. Unfortunately, it's just it's just one of those things. We've we've just had the best performance I've seen in for Scotland for a long, long time. And um, Tuesday, Tuesday could go either way. But going back to Harry Kane just for a second, I think the thing with Harry Kane too that's made it a bit more difficult for him. And we've been lucky in that regard. I think if we were up against the top Harry Kane, it would have been a different story. But bear in mind, just before the start of this tournament, he's stated that you know he wants to leave and go on the transfer list and there's talk of him going to Manchester and things. And when you know you've got that in your head, I know it's football and I know that that's easily forgotten about, but you know, deep down he's a human being and he's in between jobs at the moment. It affects everybody and I think that's had a real hard uh, knock-on effect on Kane's performances as well this summer because he just doesn't know where he's going to end up, whether it's going to be London or Manchester. So I think we've been lucky to catch Kane at a, a good time. Um, but again, that's not to take away from the Scottish defence today as a whole. I thought, I thought we were unbelievable. But yeah, we're, we move on to Tuesday, and um, I don't, I don't think we'll have, we've seen the best of Croatia yet. And because they have to win, I would be a bit more concerned. But yeah, after this performance, I think Scotland um, have a lot more upbeat. We've seen, like I said, we've seen us at our best now. We've seen what we can do. Um, it just worries me again the chances we've not scored yet in this tournament. Um, and that would be my big concern. That's two games in a row now that we've come away and said if we had the chances, we'd have picked something up. Because you know, I know the Czech Republic wasn't brilliant, but if we'd have taken our chances in that game, we'd have come away with something. Um, tonight, if we'd have taken our chances, we could have easily came away with three points. And you know, I just don't want us to be sitting here on on Tuesday night thinking what could have been if again we missed chances and Croatia either pick up a point or God forbid go on go and pick up the win. So. We just need to try and get on the score sheet one way or the other in this game because a win's a must. OK, so you're listening to Rocker Room at the Euros. If you've just turned on, where have you been all night? Um, brilliant fun. No, Colin Nesenskleet wasn't on. It was England now, Scotland now. Yes, I'll say that again. England now, Scotland now, you can email us in. We're here until 12 o'clock. Come and join the party. You're listening to Indie Live Radio. Okay, I thought there was something going to happen there, but obviously not. Uh, but, okay. You're listening to The Locker Room at the Euros with post-match reaction. Scotland versus England. All right, okay, that, that that was fine. Thanks. I just could get here and listen through my ears. Um, maybe too much shouting at the game. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. So we're back on the locker room. As I said, we're joined by myself, Michael, uh, James, 
um, Graham Matthew and uh, David and the man that's holding it together with a bit of sellotape. Jerry is doing all the technical work behind the scenes. So a big thanks to Jerry because he has been um, a good help for us over the past couple of weeks and hopefully over the next couple of weeks have we make it into the next round of the Euros as well. But yeah, I mean, going back to what we were um, saying there, um, guys, I thought you could pick, um, you know, I wrote three or four players that did well, but as I said, like the whole team did well tonight. I thought Billy Gilmore played play well, but as John Collins said at halftime, you would think, um, if you saw Billy Gilmore tonight, you would think he was playing there for years and years and years because he may get his own, uh, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, I think I think the midfield as a whole, I mean, I mean Gilmore looked like he, he had, he'd been playing for Scotland for years, like you say. I mean, he has been playing for Chelsea at a top level. He has been playing Champions League football, so... It's not so much of a surprise, really, but international football can be a step up at times. And it is a bit of a baptism of fire when you're playing against England at Wembley. Um, and, he, and he came in and just look, made it look so natural. But McGregor and McGinn alongside them, like I said, you know, they dominated the midfield. This was a battle that was really won or, won or lost in the middle of the park. And I thought the Scottish midfield just completely ran the show. Um, England struggled to get on the ball, keep the ball and do something really positive with it. They always looked like they were struggling. They didn't really... They looked a bit, I don't know, uneasy. Um, and to go back to the point about the crowd, you know, it was about the 33rd minute when I heard the first boos coming out of the Wembley the Wembley Stadium. So, you know, the England fans have obviously turned up expecting them, them to win. I think England probably believed it a little themselves. I think they just thought maybe they could turn up, take their time and eventually, you know get through Scotland but Scotland you know set the tone very very early on I mean I think from the fourth minute fifth minute sixth minute Scotland were battling about their ankles and um, the point was pro- said before about Harry Kane but I think there was a few players where you know Scotland were just given no quarter at all it was almost like a war of attrition a little bit you know England were England were trying to give as good as they got but I thought Scotland just looked um, that they were up for the battle it was a brilliant battle all around the pitch but like I said I thought you know, every every person on the Scotland team whose individual battle up against the England player was winning it. And um, I just don't think there was an English player who won their individual battle. Even you know, Mings and Stones up against um, up against up against up against Dykes. Dykes probably won about fifty to sixty percent of the balls that were coming in there. And because Adams was running in about the channels, they just didn't know really what to do with them. And the only disappointing fact, like I said, is probably if there was a disappointing fact is that we've not came away with the, the three points because I think Scotland were well worth it. And if we had won, if we had gotten the score sheet and won that game, again, I don't think anybody could have complained because, you know, in every position we were the, were the better side. Like I said, England did have a lot of possession, I'll give them that, but they didn't do a lot with it at all. They just had a lot of side passes, a lot of balls going out wide. Even when they got into decent positions, they were having to play the ball back because nobody in the England shot was creating space away from their marker. And the only chance, really, I can think that England had that was clear-cut, really, was that header from Stones. And I don't know, was it was it Dykes that was marking him? I couldn't tell who was supposed to be marking um, But whoever it was completely lost uh, Stones and he got a free header. But that was really the only chance of note that I can remember having. Um, and apart from that, I thought Scotland... Um, to use a pun, I suppose, given Scotland's keeper, I thought we marshalled the back line absolutely perfectly. <laughs> boom, boom. 
Que David Marshall pay you money to say that, Marshall? No, no. Um, <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> I, I, I was going to say that, Graham, because obviously you, you can, you, you know, you would be struggling to pick a man of a match from England, but when you're saying pick a man of a match from Scotland, you would say the, the whole team? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's wonderful. Um, we are doing this over Zoom, and Devil uh, Graham's on mute. <laughs> His wife muted him, obviously. Come I on, think she's... Graham, get the mute sorted. There we go. I'm back. <laughs> He's away. You've away for pie in the bottle. No, um, I don't know if you, you heard me saying that, David uh, Graham. There you go. I forgot your name already. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, um, as everyone said, I thought to a man the whole team was brilliant. Um, I think, I actually think Steve Clark's team selection kind of made England struggle a bit. I don't expect us to play two up front. Um, I think playing Dykes and Adams was a masterstroke, to be honest. Um, honestly, it's hard to pick a man of the match, but I said before, mm. I thought Billy Gilmer was absolutely fantastic. And for me, he was man of the match for me, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what I was saying there was, uh, I don't know if you, 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 you could get ahead with them, but I was saying that, um, you know, if you were saying who was a minor match from England, you would be like, oh, well, can I get back to you? But uh, if you're saying that from a Scotland point of view, you would be saying, well, the whole team, because the whole team played well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I had to say, I was having a bit of a laugh um, after Monday when you talked about Harry Kane. <laughs> and when he got taken off, when he got taken off, I actually thought about you and thought, Matthew, Thanks, you'll be sitting there snigging about who's been yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. You're the only one that's basically stuck up from in the show, so you can come back anytime you want. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Matthew's been with me a whole year and he's went again uh, against me. Again, I would have to say... Um, but there's no uh, there's no Emmy in fighting here. It's all it's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I thought you know I thought we even played well from the first whistle tonight. You know, James. Yep, and. I think mute, somebody's muting us. I think uh, someone in the well, someone in the BBC's obviously got hold of our Zoom details, Michael. Oh, not not again! <laughs> not again! No, no. Hey, Michael, the gig company that. Um, yeah, <laughs> they pay my wage. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, James, can you hear us? Ah, um. Want me to give my man of the match, Michael, for England? I thought was brilliant yeah. tonight. I thought Mings was man of the match again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I he played kind of okay in parts. Yeah, but obviously he was he he was like the only one that kind of like stuck out. I, I mean, Do you know but, what though, Michael? That, that's twice in a row I've thought Tyrone Mings was man of the match for England. Um, what does that say about the performances generally for England? Um, because I, I think considering, you know, they think that they could probably win the tournament this year and fair enough, they're obviously one of the top guns. But I think that there, there is obviously something that's just not quite clicking for England. But I thought if Tyrone Mings wasn't there and OK, I mean, we said about 50 to 60 percent of the balls going in the box, Dykes was winning. But I thought Mings, if it wasn't for Mings and Stones, arguably 
England would have been even in bigger trouble than they were. And it's just a testament to Scotland, really, that we've managed to make a probably one of one of the two England centre backs probably the man of the match again. I think that's a yeah. really good point, Matthew. I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. You know, England talk about winning the tournament, and you're right. I would agree with you. I think Tyrone Mings has, has really been impressive for England, and you know, if he is the man of the match, as you say, then it shows the pressure he's been under and the pressure that defence have been under. Um, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier about Steve Clark, it's interesting how you know he's come through, and, and me being a a St Mirren supporter, uh, of course, I would probably defend him. But uh, Stevie Clark, of course, started his career like to remind people, like John McGinn at St Mirren. But he's a clever manager, and you know, there's a lot of pressure there. I think he he understood the the challenges and the threats from England down both flanks. And I think that was a point he was making last week about Stephen O'Donnell, you know, and the fact that there was very little threat and very little danger actually came down the left or or down our right from the Czech Republic because of Stephen. Now, he had a, he got in the way, you know, in one of the attacks and he might have tripped over himself a couple of times. But plenty of people wanted James Forrest to come in there on the right and instead of him. But you do have to ask, would he have coped with the defensive side in the same way and the ability of England to counter-attack so quickly? Which, you know, I think you have to say that Steve Clark really got it right tonight with, with those selections, key selections, both in midfield, and, and he wasn't scared to bring to make changes and bring Billy Gilmer in and Callum McGregor in. But I also he resisted that change that, that a lot of people I think wanted of bringing James Forrest in to be more attacking. And and I think Stephen O'Donnell, as I said earlier, you know, showed the, the value of having somebody who understands how to defend, understands how to stop people and how to cut people off, but also you know, was able to go forward and able to play part in the, the Scottish attack. So, you know, I, I think it, it does say a lot about Steve Clark's um how astute he is as a tactician. I mean what what I would say is it's easy sitting here in the Friday night after now no draw against England and um you you know, but I think I think you're you're right, David. I mean, do, do you think that um he played Gilmore for the whole game because he's he's kind of used to the way that they play in England, because don't forget, I mean, he's up against these guys week in, week out. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if Stevie Clark had that intention to mm. to play those two sides in both games, in those two games, and that he was he didn't actually change. Now he may have, he may have changed because of what he saw in that first game against Czech Republic. But it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't, if he actually planned to play that midfield um, against England. Because, as you say, Michael, he knew that Billy Gilmore could cope with that. Um, there's a lot of people talking about Nathan Patterson as well. Nathan Patterson's a good player, but he's not played against that quality of play mm, players right. week in, week out yeah. at that level. And and you're right. You you know, So there's a bit of a risk. He's a good player. He's going to be a great player, Nathan Patterson. But do you put him in at this level? Billy Gilmore, he knew he could do that. As you say, he knows he can compete at that level. He has belief at that level. He plays against these guys. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking earlier as well about, um, you know, Croatia and Czech Republic. I think it's it's interesting to note that, you know, Croatia are ranked 14th in the world. You know, Czech Republic are ranked 40th before this tournament. Scotland, 44th. England, of course, are way up there in, in fourth, you know, and you've got to understand the dangers that are going to come from teams like that and, and the kind of dangers that you do not get in the Scottish Premiership. 
you know, you do not face. Um, so when you're talking about putting in players like Nathan Patterson or, um, you know, Stephen O'Donnell and others, you're asking them to really step up. And, you know, when we look ahead, I don't want to say it, Michael, but, I can't, you know, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see the split between perhaps James and I and perhaps some of the other panellists tonight in terms of age and, and the experience we've got of going into tournaments where we we do we pull off a good result and, and we still go out in the group stages. You know, mm-hmm. we've got to remember that was a that was a good performance tonight to hold a team that are fourth in the, in the world rankings when we are down at 44th that sort of underlines the gap that was there that we made up tonight. But we're going up against Croatia, who are 14th. We lose to Croatia, and even a draw potentially. And we're, you know, that's us. We may not go through. Um, so tonight won't count for a lot in terms of progressing unless we go on and we go to the next level and we try and do that again. And, and as you know, Matthew said earlier, we actually finish you know, chances. That's the one thing we haven't done yet. Is uh-huh. We've competed really well. But in our final game, we've got to go and finish or else, um, yeah, it'll be another um, sort of valiant effort by Scotland that ultimately leads to, to nothing else and a bit of respect. I think I think you're right, David. And we said that to uh, Craig Brown again uh, t- today before the before this game coming up. I mean, Scotland is capable of getting the results because I mean that that game against Holland the other week. Okay, it was because a warm up game and it didn't really mean well anything to to anyone. But to be honest, if you gave me if you said to me the game's going to finish. Um, two each, you would take that um, score, and obviously we could have won that game. Not if it wasn't for that foul, it wasn't a foul. But as, as I said earlier on as well, that okay, it wasn't it wasn't a foul, but the guy had still got to score the goal, and it was some goal that he scored, you know. So, um, so I showed you that Scotland's basically um, was in the was in the background for a few years where bad performances, no getting to. World Cups, um, the Euros and all that, but show you that we are actually coming back ever so slightly, but we still don't want to get carried away with ourselves, you know, because um, I think like we've we've all saw this movie before, David. Yeah, you know when when we, we only make a point or you know, um, or we'll miss it by a goal at the last minute and it puts us out, you know, but I don't know, I don't know about um, Graham, but I think the home advantage would help us in the last game as well. Can I just say well done there, my, um, Michael, that's twice you managed to name drop Craig Brown there, so well played with that. I'm trying to advertise the show that we've done tonight, Graham, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think you're absolutely spot on, I think home advantage will help and I think to be honest, David's actually brought up a point that was very, very good that I was going to raise. I thought there was a lot of criticism. I don't know why of Stephen O'Donnell after Monday because I didn't think he did a lot wrong. Um, and I thought tonight he was excellent. And I think had Nathan Patterson come in, he's a good player, but could he have handled Raheem Sterling down that side? I'm not convinced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought Stephen O'Donnell was excellent. But yeah, I think home advantage has to help on Tuesday. Um, I'm... I'm remaining positive. I think we can get a result on Tuesday. Um, I do agree with what Matthew says about the goal scoring, but I would quite happily right now take a penalty. We probably missed it to be fair, but I would take a penalty <laughs> if we can get one. I thought we were staying positive, Graham. 
Well, I was, but then I, I remember, this is Scotland, I reminded myself of that, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody would be saying, well, I'm, I'm going on the show tomorrow night and and it's going to be no, no. You know, everybody thought, well, it was going to be tight, but England would get sneak a goal in the, in the last minute and it never turned out that way. So everybody, everybody's happy, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say about O'Donnell is I thought he was brilliant tonight. Don't get me wrong, and I think uh, I think going forward he was good. I mean, the, the I mean, the criticism that we were I think talking about on on Monday for O'Donnell was that going forward he probably wasn't as productive as as maybe he should have been. Now, all, all right, he was getting pushed back by a very good uh, sort of full back on the Czech Republic side as well at the time. But you know, maybe I don't think there was any doubt O'Donnell would have started tonight. It was almost like if. You know, when things weren't working for O'Donnell, maybe so much against the Czech Republic, or it became clear that maybe we could push on a little bit and maybe push them forward a little bit, then I thought Forrest should have replaced um, O'Donnell half-time possibly in the Czech Republic. But I always thought, I think deep down, that he was probably the best player to play tonight, definitely, because it's even even at the top end of the of football, you know, going up against the Czech Republic is one thing, but going up against England at Wembley is another. Um, and I think while Scotland maybe in the second half could have pushed up a little bit against the Czech Republic a bit more and been a bit more forward thinking, um, which I think you know I think we showed that we could create chances against them. So I don't see I don't see why not that Forrest could have played and pushed on a little bit further. But tonight I think O'Donnell was the perfect person to play against Sterling and you know Grealish. Even when Grealish came on, I think O'Donnell was superb. And even going forward, would you believe I thought going forward he was a lot more um, positive tonight than he was on Monday so maybe maybe that criticism is something that Steve Clark's told him to improve his game with and you know he was a bit more forward thinking tonight he was getting the ball into the box a couple of times and could have scored um, I think he, mm. uh, he he created a chance uh, that it was a brilliant save from the goalkeeper so yeah he, he looked a I'm not, I won't say a completely different player because defensively he was fine against the Czech Republic but even offensively he looked a different player and He's another one, again, that you just thought, well, another man of the match. I mean, yeah, it's hard to choose one because, you know, they were all heroes tonight in Scotland in Scotland colours. And then we move on to um, Croatia game. And the one thing I will say about Croatia is they've not played that brilliantly so far. Mm. Um, they've, they've not hit the top marks. I mean, first half against the Czech Republic today, I thought they were they were really, really poor. And Czech, the Czech side could have been more than one now up, to be fair. And even the penalty that the Czech Republic got probably was not a penalty. Um so even though it was they were they were playing poorly, the Czech side never really finished them off as much as they could. And they weren't brilliant in the second half either, but the difference again is somebody like Perisic can get on the ball and produce a moment of the magic that gets them a point. And that's the difference here between maybe your Scotland against your your Czech Republic, so your Scotland against England tonight, or fingers crossed it's not that, but Scotland against Croatia, because you're when it comes down to games like this all it takes is a moment of magic from a world-class player that can turn a game in its head. And, you know, I think Scotland will have more than enough to out- outdo Croatia in a fight. I think we'll have more than enough to um, hold them to, to something. But then it's whether, you know, whether you can get your top-class players on the ball that can produce a moment of magic. And whether that's your Gilmores, your McGinn's, your Robertson, your Tierney's, Adams even. You just need somebody to, you know, grab the bull by the horns and finish off one of these chances that we're creating because 
Yeah, if we get a draw on on Tuesday night, it's over. I would say definitely mm. it's over yeah. um, because I think Croatia have a better goal difference. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's over with the draw. We need to win, and to win, yeah. you need a goal, yeah. and it needs one of our our players now to just take that next step. You know, we can we can compete against the Czech Republic. I know we lost, but we can compete against them. We've shown we can. We can go to Wembley and we can dominate shots on goal. We can dominate shots on target. We can defend well. Um, in every way manageable but it's just whether then we have that extra step up that extra bit of class um, to put the ball in the back of the net and just to annoy Graham that's what Craig Brown said earlier on can I just <laughs> ask, can, I, um, can I just ask would you keep the same team on Tuesday or would you arrest anyone bring anyone in or what would that, you do that, that's a bit spooky Graham that was my next question but um, personally <laughs> Personally speaking, um, and I'm not uh, Craig, but I'm in uh, <laughs> but, like, uh, um, I, I would maybe keep keep that same team and maybe play with a, a play without a goalkeeper. No, <laughs> no, but um, no, I, I would play the I would play the uh, same team. I don't know about any of you guys, but I, that- I would start the the same team. Yeah, I'd, I'd completely agree with you. I, I just I just can't I can't see anybody in that side that would deserve to be dropped number one. But number two, I think that's probably our best side on paper. Yep. Yep. And obviously from now on, I think Gilmore needs to start kind of over the game now. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously it's it's um, easy, easy second done after the game. But do you think that Tierney was fit on Monday? Or do you think that was a tactic plagued by Gibby Clark? I'm just wondering now. Well, maybe not. I I mean, I would suggest probably it would be an act of self-sabotage if that was what he was planning. Um, (laughs) I think he would have been absolutely crazy to have done that. Um, Mm. But you Mm. never know. But the one thing that was strange, even before kickoff, I think, um, were we not talking about how good it was that Scotland managed to keep the team so close to its chest? And that we didn't know about Tierney being out really to the last minute. And then today the team was announced, somebody announced the team on the newspapers or on Sky or whatever about two or three hours before kickoffs. So it was a bit strange how we were talking about how, how good they were keeping it to their chest and then the team gets leaked. Um, now, you know, I don't think it had much of an effect on it, but you just never know, do you? And, you know, it was just strange how the team was leaked so early. And was that was that something to do with the the London media? I don't know. No, I, I, I don't know if anybody's here. So I see Clark's uh, press conference yesterday. And that was the first time I've seen him at a full press conference. Usually I see that, uh, snippets from the news. But yesterday I got the Zoom link and I, I, I got into to the presser. But for me, David and, and anybody else here, it, it looks a very, very... Uh, cool, uh, cool, calm, and collective guy, whereas everybody was uptight, biting their fingernails and all that. But he was only given like one word answers about like, um, was Keir and Tierney fit? Yep. And that, and that was it. It, it reminded me of Gorgon Scracken in a way when, when Gorgon Scracken used to give kind of like one word answers at, at, at press conferences. So, but if, if the manager's quite cool, you know that 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 might send good good vibes to the team as well. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's a nightmare for you know managers like that are a nightmare for journalists like myself. You know, you go into interview them, 
and they don't really want to be there. They see it as a as a nuisance in their week, having to front up to the media and speak to journalists. They just want to get on with it. They see every journal, every question from a journalist as being a, a stupid question. You know, are you looking forward to the game? How are you going to play? If you ask them anything clever, if you try and be technical, they'll tell you, well, we don't want to answer that. I don't want to give anything away to the opposition. It's not easy sometimes when you're in, in, in tournaments like that to try and get something out of a manager. And Stevie Clark is is well known. It's been he's, you know he's quite a shy guy, quite a quiet guy anyway. You know he likes to keep it, his his cards close to his chest, so he doesn't enjoy the media aspect. But the flip side of that, Michael, you're right, is that you know he keeps the players feet on the ground. He's he's not somebody who gets carried away by anything. He won't get carried away by this tonight. I'm pretty sure he'll praise the players, tell them they were, they were great. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen his after match. Um, comments in his press conference yet, but I'm pretty sure he'll be he'll be really praising of them. But I don't think you'll see him dancing on the tables. I don't think you'll say you'll see him saying this is fantastic. We've you know we've proven everybody wrong. You know he'll he'll be pretty uh, measured, and he'll be looking forward to the Croatia game. He knows that they want to do something in the Croatia game since the start of the tournament. He's talked about wanting to make history, getting to the net, getting out of the group stages for the first time, and. You know, I think he'll be praising the players tonight. He'll be delighted with what they did tonight, but he'll be pretty quickly. He'll be, you know, Mister Grumpy with them, no doubt, and saying we've got to get it right against Croatia, or this counts for nothing. And you know, there's something to be said for that. You know, a manager. I'm I'm not concerned. A manager's not particularly good with the media, if. He's pretty good with the players and the team. And, and I think that's what we have with Steve Clark. He, he keeps the players pretty focused. He helps them believe in themselves. He tells them they're good players. He tells them to believe in themselves. He's got a really good relationship with the players and the squad, but he never gets carried away. So it means that, and I think that's one of the Scotland team's challenges always, whatever sport Scotland play in, because we tend to be underdogs, that you're not expected to win very often. So when you pull off a good result, you suddenly start to think you're world beaters. I think that's easy for players to do. You start to think, yeah, actually we're better than people think we are. And it can be easy to get complacent then. And and you know, you know, how many games have we watched where we're more worried about Scotland going in against teams that are ranked below them, you know, than we are against teams above them. You know, everybody people, veteran commentators and watchers of Scotland for the last week or two have said we're more confident about what they'll do against England than we are against the other two teams because we know they'll raise themselves, but they always do that, you know, against when their backs are to the wall. So, you know, I think Stevie Clark's pretty good at being able to keep that that measured um, feel within the squad. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's a good man for us to have in charge at this moment in time. No, also I think he's a good man manager as well. You know, I I don't know personally him myself, but you can just tell that uh, you know he's a good man manager and and, and all that. And as you say, David, always say that the players might get carried away a wee bit, and maybe the fans and maybe maybe us, but yeah. he he won't. You know, um, he may get carried away after Tuesday night, and right enough. But up until then, it would be a bit. And the nervous and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, and and you've got to have, you know, it's not easy for a manager to have that balance to be able to get the, the perspective right for a Scotland team going in there where you are underdogs. Yet, when you go into a tournament, Scottish fans expect us to to play with great gusto, play with great attacks, score goals, entertain, 
and 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 beat teams, you know, when we're one of the lowest ranked teams in the whole tournament, you know. So to get the perspective right, we're saying, okay, we're not we're not the poorest. We're actually pretty good. We can compete, but at the same time, not not let them get ahead of themselves. Not easy. So yeah, I, you know, I've been I've sat in media conferences with Stevie Clark and with others, where you've thought, oh, geez, how do I write a story out of this? You know, he's given us nothing, and he's he just comes in as if he has had a hell of a depressing day, and you think, my God, how do I ask a question of him? But you know, in the camp and in the squad, I think we're delighted that we've got somebody like him who manages to get that perspective, manages to get the balance pretty right, pretty good there, because I think that'll give us the best chance that these players have got of going out and trying to to start the work. You know, they've got to start the work tomorrow. You know, they've got to put this game behind them and start the work tomorrow for Croatia because that's a, that's a huge game now. Can they beat Croatia and go through to the next round? That's That's massive now. Don't forget, there's still time to get your points of view in on the game. We've had a few comments already, but um, email us at the locker room in the live at gmail.com. And you're, you're listening to the uh, locker room extra at the Euros. Okay, you're listening to the locker room extra on at the Euros uh, on in the live radio on a Friday night. And it's a brilliant night the office for Scotland. Um, we just got a point at Wembley, not every night of the, not every um, time you can see that when you go to Wembley. Um, Scotland now, England now, and in the other game, it finished uh, 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 Czech Republic 1, Croatia 1. Ma- um, just picking up on Matthew's point early on, um, I watched, the, I don't know about anybody else, but I watched the game tonight and I was so disappointed with maybe both sides, you would say, but more so um, for um, Croatia. Czech Republic had one or two chances, but they weren't kind of are they outstanding as well. I think um, Croatia, they're a kind of weird team at this moment in time. In many ways, they're an aging side. Um, they don't seem to have a lot of good young players coming through. Um, I don't know, you know, in Croatia itself, if that's true or or not, or if the manager just sticks with, you know, the tried and tested. But in saying that, I think they are still due a top performance and it could well come on Sunday. So Scotland need to be right at the top of their game on, eh, not Sunday, Tuesday. Um, They need to be right at the top of their game because it is a must win. A point is no good to Scotland. Um, the goal difference means that even if we got a point, um, we wouldn't go through. I think we, we would have to score one, uh, more than one goal for the goal difference if it does uh, come down to that. Would, would you say that, Graham? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we need to score at least maybe two or three, but I, I, I do agree with what James said there. I think Croatia are a very ageing team. I mean, Luka Mordes, I don't know how old he is, but <laughs> been around for ages, but um, I mean, I think I just think it's great to be going at this last game, knowing that if we can get a win, we could get through the next round. Um, I'm just hoping and praying that we'll get the result we need. I'm just watching that chance from Stephen O'Donnell in the first half. It was a brilliant shot, but you must say it was a brilliant save as well. Um, and 
you know, at that time, I think I think that came after about thirty five minutes in the first half. But again, it was a good good shot. But good, you've got to give some credit to the keeper, Matthew. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a it was a shot that was well. I think it was a a good height for him, but it was a good save, um, and it came at an important time because Scotland were on up at that point. So for England to have conceded, it would have been a bad time to have went behind. But you know, it just showed you again, O'Donnell. You know, we were. I think the only part of his game, like we said, that was lacking on on uh, the, in the last game. I'm forgetting all my days now because of Europe. It's all over the place in, in this Tuesday. Um, but yeah, that was the part of his game. I think the only part of his game we were criticising is, is going forward, and it was like a different player. You know, he, he was getting forward, getting the ball in the box. He was linking up well, um, and that shot was the tip of the iceberg. I thought it was a brilliant effort, and yeah, it was just disappointing that um, it was saved. But to go back, um, England, I suppose, have just uh, Gareth Southgate's just been talking to uh, Radio Five Live, and I think this is the reaction from England we expected. He said, you know, we know we didn't perform at the level that was needed to win but we have to accept uh, and we have to accept that but we also have to give Scotland credit they defended brilliantly and they used the ball very well and I think that sums up the game pretty well England didn't perform to the level that we thought they were going to get to whether it was against Croatia or tonight I don't think they've reached the heights that they um, that they we expect them to get to but you know finally from somebody from the England camp I think they've given Scotland credit and admitted that they defended brilliantly and that was the case I thought um I thought Scotland were well worth the draw tonight if not if not more and you know England will go away and look at it I mean it is a tour- I think we have to remember from for their side anyway that it is tournament football and going back to Croatia you know you tend to find that um Teams who peak this early don't tend to win the tournament. Um, I'm, I'm sure mm. other people will pull me up on this, but there has been teams that do that. But um, from a general point of view, I always think the teams who peak now don't go on and win the tournament. So England certainly haven't peaked. Does that mean that they've got their fitness levels right, that they will peak further down the line? Maybe. Croatia, you know, it's been said that they're uh, at the agent side, and that's true. So fitness is even more important for them. They haven't peaked yet. Will they peak when they need it, when they need to most? Uh, we'll see on Tuesday night but um, it will be a tough ask because Croatia haven't hit the heights but when you've got players like Modric in the side when you've seen what Perisic can do uh, today even though they, they, were struggle, um, they were struggling in that game you know he just pulls the rabbit out of a hat with a, a classy finish a great build up from a free kick and a great finish you can see there's dangers um, in this game and you know maybe Croatia have timed this right, and you know haven't hit the heights initially. But you know this will be the game where we probably will. If Croatia are going to play at their best, this is when they need to, and it's a very dangerous game for Scotland. Yeah, and I think it, it's worthwhile mentioning as well that Gareth Southgate is a very honest guy. You know, what I mean, and that is really what I would have expected them to come out and say. You know, um, I don't think I've ever seen him given a press interview where he's basically slagged off the opposition, even though his players haven't been up to scratch. Um, but he, he, a bit like Stevie Clark, you know, he's, he's not a guy who's going to rant and rave Gareth Southgate. Um, I, I don't know, in the dressing room, I don't know if he would rant and rave at the players there either. Um, I think he's probably the kind of guy that would take somebody who was not performing to their best to the side and have a wee chat with them and see, you know, what's what's going on with them, and is there anything we can do to, to, you know, you know, make it better for you to get you to your performance level? I'm thinking in particular of the likes of Harry Kane, who uh, I honestly thought would be on fire in this tournament, you know, and I had actually 
uh, predicted him for the Golden Boot, which I think is wrong now. Sorry, guys, I just got access to a Zoom interview there with, with Andy Robertson. I'm just, um, uh, it's on the now, and one of the quotes that he's quoting out of the interview is that Scotland needs to be calm um, and we need to build on on the point against England tonight. So basically, he's warning that the Scotland fans can have a good night, but don't get carried away with yourselves because uh, the next. This is a, basically what he was saying was choose get as a must one game, and you would say um, David gets a as a cup final for Scotland as well, you know. It is because you know the players. It's funny, you know, players see it a wee bit different to fans sometimes. I remember, and again, I use a sort of rugby analogy. I remember years and years ago, Gregor Townsend, who's now the Scotland rugby coach, of course, when he was a player, Scotland went through a championship one year where they beat every team and failed to beat England in the last game. And they so they missed out on a, on a grand slam. And it was in Gregor's time, sort of mid-90s. And the following year, they lost every game and then beat England. And Gregor, I remember, being quite stunned that the reaction from the Scottish public was so much better the second year because they had beaten England. And he said, despite the fact... And he said, I can't understand this. You know, last year we won four games out of five. But because we lost England, we were rubbish. We were crap and, and, and we got pelters. This year, we've lost every game. We've been rubbish apart from England. We've won one game and suddenly we're heroes and legends and all the rest. And it's really heartening, I think, to hear that from Andy Robinson, Andy Robertson, because you know that's how the players see it. They want to win things. They want to make history, and they know that you know no team has got out of the group stages. They know that doing a, a job with England is is not enough for them to make history. For them to really be different, special players to go down as as legendary players. They know, and they've been talking about it since day one, I think, with this squad, that it's about getting through that that, that group. And and as tough as it is, and you're right, talking about, you know, how teams, you know, can start slowly. And it's, it's fine for England to say they didn't play well tonight. But I really think that it's one of those tonight where they didn't, hit 20 shots over the bar, past the post, scuffs that hit the post that we were fortunate that the keeper saved them. It's not, that, this wasn't one of those games where they can come out and say, you know, we did everything we could and for some reason the ball didn't go in the net. Actually, Scotland take a lot of credit tonight for the way Scotland stopped them playing, the way Scotland intercepted balls. You look at the number of times that England were playing passes and looking for one-twos, ready to set an attack off, and Scotland got in there. Whether it was John McGinn, whether it was right back to McTominay, different players were putting their bodies in the line to intercept balls. And then not only that, when we had possession, they were they had they showed a bit of composure, not to just kick the ball up the field, but to keep the ball and try and play a pass out. And that was the difference. That I think that all surprised England tonight, and it meant it was difficult for England to play. And, you know, let's not beat about the bush. England wanted to go out there tonight and show Germany, show France, show Italy that they, they're in this tournament. They're a team to be, to be frightened of. You know, they knew they hadn't quite done that in the first game. as a controlled game. They won it, but, you know, they they, they did quite well, but they, they knew no, they could have been much better. They wanted to go out and blow Scotland away with a 3 or a 4-0 tonight and show that they were a team. That didn't happen. 
and a lot of that was down to how Scotland played. So, yeah, we can talk about how England didn't play particularly well, but we know they've got really co- real quality players. Um, and I think Scotland really snuffed them out tonight. So, but it, yeah, as it, as you say, those comments from Andy Robertson are really good to hear because the players are clearly focused on not this isn't the this isn't their Everest. This isn't them getting to the top of the mountain. This is just them them getting at one step closer to what they want to achieve, which is to qualify out of the group. It must be brilliant going to Wembley, and um, the away team. One of the players got the man of the match. Um, do you want to guess who the man of the match was tonight? Stevie Clark. Craig Brown? No, um, no. Craig Brown. <laughs> hashtag Craig Brown. That can be your hashtag. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Billy Gilmore, what a night for him going to Wembley, playing the whole game, and he got the he got the Euro Man of a Match tonight. So well done, that young man. You know, played a, a full game, and as I was saying early on, you know, if you you you've um, you just watched Billy Gilmore tonight for the very first time. You would think, wow, he's played for Scotland for years, Graham. But, you know, um, he, he's got a bright future to come for him. And if he keeps up, he might be going to Spain or, or whatever. You know, sorry, Chelsea fans, but, you know, this guy could get, get even better. And when I was watching that game tonight, the Rangers fans must be kicking themselves. Uh, you know, letting him go to Chelsea, uh, Grim. Yeah, I thought, honestly, I thought he was just like standing for such a young age. Um, he was so mature. And as I said earlier, he was going and taking the ball off guys that are more experienced than him. He wasn't afraid to get stuck in. Um, I actually thought tonight that it was a very kind of, it was like Steve Clark at Kilmarnock when he played against Celtic and Rangers. Um, he was, he had the players up for it. He had the shape right. He just got everything right tonight. Um, and Billy Gilmore was at the heart of that. I honestly can't speak high enough of the guy. I thought he was absolutely brilliant tonight. And I don't know if anybody would disagree with you there, guys. No, no I definitely not. I don't think you could disagree. That the young fella had an absolutely superb game. Um, and again, it was just really... Uh, the whole thing about, you know, when he went to Chelsea, when he did, you know, it, it was probably the making of him because I think if he had remained in Scotland, he probably wouldn't be in the current Scotland squad. Yeah, that's a good point, James. I, I, I saw an a, a article earlier in the week, probably before the Euro started, looking at each of the Scotland players and going through the squad and it was talking about where they'd come from, you know, mm. what academy. And there are very few players in that Scotland squad that have made it into the senior team of the academy they started with. Now, yeah. there are questions to be asked about the Scottish academy system. I've got, I, I, I've asked questions in the past about the fact that Celtic and Rangers will scoop up the best players into their academies and very few of them actually make it into the senior team. And I think that's a real problem for us in Scotland. Mm-hmm. That we've got real quality players that if they were coming through the 12 Premiership academies, you know, the Premier League academies um, and getting a chance to play, we'd see many more players coming through in Scotland, whereas an awful lot, too far too many, are being um, you know, released by Celtic and Rangers at the age of 18, 19, 20. Some of these boys in the squad have been released from Celtic and Rangers at 15 and 16 because they yeah. were told they were too small you know, and they, and they weren't good enough. Andy Robertson's a great example of a player 
you know, who was de- decided in his mid-teens he was too small, he wouldn't make it in football. Now, you know, Champions League, you know, Liverpool star and Scotland captain. You know, there's something wrong that we are releasing players from academies um, in their mid-teens and late-teens who then go on to play for Scotland. And you're right in what you're saying, James. You know, a lot of people saying to Billy Gilmore at the time, do not leave Scotland, you'll get your yeah. chance in Scotland, stay here. And actually... Mm-hmm. He's gone down south and proven, you know, what he can do. But it takes the, the guts of our manager to be able to play a player at that age. Yeah. You know, not only down at Chelsea, but but Stevie Clark, because you you don't quite know what they're capable of doing, whether they'll cope mm-hmm. until yeah. you give them that chance. So they have to have the chance, especially that level, uh, David. You know, um, yeah. it, it can make you or break you. You would say as well. But uh, just hug another in- interview there. That the interviews are scant to come in from uh, Callum McGregor. Another outstanding performance by uh, Callum McGregor, and and basically he says that you know he come down to this a uh, wonderful arena and get a point against England. And basically, um, he went on to say that that performance was for the Scotland fans uh, tonight. But also, he said, same as everybody else, you would say, he says that we've got to now kick on now and get the get the result on Tuesday night. And again, uh, Graham, Tuesday night uh, turns into a big game, but I think we knew that anyway. Yeah, it was going to be massive. I mean, I actually felt a bit jealous of the Scotland fans that were there. I would have loved to have been there tonight. Um, I think the last time I was there was with Matthew, and I don't think he remembers much about that, to be fair. <laughs> um, where was that? <laughs> you, were, you were there in spirit, mate, I think. Um, in, or in spirit or in the spirits? <laughs> no, but Tuesday was always going to be huge. Um, but just getting that draw tonight is it's such a massive result. I think you said on Monday, um, Michael, we had to take something into that last game. Mm. We've done that tonight by getting that draw, which is huge. But as Andrew Robertson says, we have to go and build on that now. You know, we have to go and get a result here. I think we can. I think I would agree. I think I'd keep the same team. But it just gives us such a massive boost going into that, having got something tonight. And I mean, don't forget as well that even though the game was now now, and, um, you know, I, I was saying this against uh, Holland as well, we, we blew that game to each, but we were... But we, we nearly won that game against Holland and we nearly won tonight if we took our chances in front of goal. I think that was the difference between uh, us getting f- full points tonight, uh, uh, Matthew. But uh, but um, they they might have to they might have to practice well in front of goal between now and Tuesday. But you know. Um, but I think it's one of these ones. If we can get the first goal, then we can maybe go on and score two or three. Yeah, I mean, maybe it is one of those ones where we just have to, you know, get that ball rolling. And, you know, once we get the first goal, it'll start flowing. That's, I think, what obviously we're all hoping for is once we get, you know, the the first goal in this tournament, we'll be okay. Um, But it's nice, Tyrone Mings has just came out and actually said that, you know, it was an occasion that he really enjoyed and uh, it was an occasion to thrive in and rise to the occasion. And he also said, Scotland are not a bad team, let me tell you. They have got Premier League and international quality in their team throughout. So it's nice to see now, I think, that you know, Scotland, Scottish players are getting recognition from the English camp that I think we've deserved. And if we, you know, we can take that level of intensity, because I think a lot of that was intensity tonight as well as you know, um, the ability to keep the ball and use it wisely, but a lot of it was intensity too. 
and that's a thing that we'll have to if we can somehow keep that up against um, against Croatia on Tuesday. I think the intensity is nearly there, ninety nine percent there. But yeah, it's just having the the quality and the ability to finish off. I mean, there was one or two chances tonight where you just thought composure, 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 and I think Adams was one. Uh, one chance that we had where, you know, maybe instead of snatching at it, if he just maybe, if he'd already got that goal in the tournament, for example, maybe he wouldn't have snatched at it so much. So, yeah, maybe we are just wanting to get that first goal in the tournament and then things can calm down a little bit and we can have the composure to to go on and score a few. Um, but that is difficult. I mean, like I said, we're up front, you know, we're not blessed with the same quality as as Czech Republic, obviously, England and Croatia. So, you know, up top, we're maybe not as full of qualities as those sides but you know you've got people like Adams and Dykes that will do a shift that will cause problems I mean like I said Dykes caused problems all night to two of the best defenders in the Premier League and with Adams sniffing around running up all the flanks and even just off um, Dykes there's always a chance there so we just need to get that first goal in this tournament and see where it takes us but you know we're not jumping ahead of ourselves I think if we can perform like that that's all we can ask of them. Same really as the Czech Republic. It was it was a disappointing disappointing result, but performance wise, I thought it was okay. Tonight we upped the game, the intensity went up, and yeah, maybe there was an England English factor in that. Um but we just hope we can take that performance on now to, to Croatia and maybe just have the ability to get on the score sheet because like I said, you know, a draw's not enough. We need to score. And maybe you know, if Dykes or Adams can get on the or Nisbet, if whatever one of those three can get on the score sheet, then we can we can take it on from there. But a win's a must, and I just hope it doesn't end like Switzerland did all those years ago in nineteen ninety six, where you know we pick up a win. In fact, it was on June eighteenth. You know, we pick up a win and go out because the Dutch get a consolation goal against England at Wembley. <laughs> You're just hoping that we don't manage to go and beat Croatia finally, and then maybe get knocked out on on goal difference and for the best of third place. So. Um, this could go either way. It's going to be one of these games where, uh, in weeks, really, we were we're biting our nails and just hoping for the best. I, I think that I think the comment of the night for me um, is on Twitter. John Hartson put up a comment saying, "It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home to Wales." <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was uh, I thought that was a bit funny. But looking looking at um, uh, if. Um, you were an England fan looking at the last two games. Would you be disappointed in the performance, especially on Sunday? Tonight, I would say, would be the bigger disappointment, I think, if, if I was an England fan. I think, you know, Croatia, even though it wasn't the best, it was a win. Um, it got them off the mark. Um you know, I don't know how the, the press made it seem like it was a world-beating performance because it wasn't, but, you know, I think there was a general feeling amongst the, the fans that it was a really good world-beating performance and they went into the Scotland game, I think. A lot of the English friends that I have um, were half expecting this to be a rollover. So I think tonight it's maybe a bit of a wake-up call um, as to where England are in this tournament. They are a good side. They're maybe not the best side in this tournament there's a lot of work for them to do so it was probably a bit of a wake up call for them a little bit and, and disappointing that it was against the Scots that um, they never managed to pick up the win so I think I think that was a double whammy you know not the best performance not a win and it's against the Scots is probably is probably the bit of a disappointment for them but you know like the English players have said you know for them it is tournament football and you know they have got four points on the board 
in all likeliness they will qualify out of this group and then it's where they go from there. And I, I can't remember how the connotations this for work, but maybe not finishing top of this group isn't exactly a bad thing because um, they may well pick up a lesser side if they don't finish first. So it may be in their interest not to, but yeah, it's a long slog tournament football. You know, it's a long way to go and, you know, they know now they've got a lot of work to do. And not so much defensively. I think England have been brilliant defensively. Uh, even their, the keeper that they've got, he hasn't had the best of seasons, but he's been pretty good in this tournament. Mings, Stones have been good in this tournament too. Um, Midfield-wise, I think they've held the line pretty well and, and defensively, but it's just they're not clicking up top as they should, and that's something they'll obviously be wanting to work on, but there'll be a disappointment with Kane, definitely, I think um, they'll be all a bit disappointed in how he's performed, but like I said, there's it seems to be there's external reasons for that, but um, uh, yeah, I think they'll be disappointed tonight, they move on to the next game, but you know, unlike us, I think England definitely will be expected to qualify, they will qualify, and then it's just trying to get, like us a little bit, you know, trying to get on the score sheet, trying to get that um, strike force phone and then they can move on to bigger but hopefully not better things I was going to I was going to say Matthew it's quite late on the day for you to change your opinion about Harry Kane uh, but uh, I'll give you that one just because I'm in a good mood tonight um, <laughs> I'm not I, I think honestly I think no, the worst thing he did was wanting to be wanting to move at such a late stage because it kind of put the pressure on him didn't it a little bit I mean he wasn't that good at Tottenham this year um, for various reasons but the worst thing he could have done was come out and said that he wanted to leave Tottenham because it just created even more pressure for him than he yeah. had already so you know and I don't think players, sorry Matthew I don't think players realise you know I, I think you're right I, I don't think players realise they just see it as, as something they want to do that's that's my career that's my job that's what I'm going to do I'm going to move Make, you know, I'm not bothered if people know about that um, but they don't realise the pressure that that brings on them and how that builds and how that can, you know, we see it so often. It knocks things like that knock them off their game, you know, and, and they just find themselves half a second slower to, to reacting to being in the right place at the right time. And I think that's what we've seen from them. And yeah, it's it's funny, you know, little things that you they think and, and you think won't bother them, you know, do but I tell you, going back to what you're saying about how England will, you know, we, we talked I talked earlier about Scotland, how we see the England game as being bigger than anything else that's out there. You know, I think one of the things that is really enjoyable tonight and will be over the next few days is knowing that our England friends and our English cousins <laughs> um, potentially uh, will be absolutely gutted. I think they will be yeah. so deflated at having lost, at having drawn a game with Scotland because, you know, as much as the players will have respected and what I've been hearing coming out of the camps over the last week or so, these England players are pretty grounded. There's been a lot of them saying, you do not take Scotland for granted. This is a good Scotland team. There's a lot of respect, particularly for the boys they know down in England. That the England team are pretty grounded. You know that's not the case for the fans. You know that the fans expected them to go and walk over Scotland to humiliate Scotland tonight just to show exactly what what they were capable of and put us in our place. And for me, that's one of the nicest things to come out of the game tonight, knowing that English fans will be absolutely sick for the next few days, thinking that their team have totally let them down and have been appalling, been abysmal. There'll be those in the tabloids, English tabloids tomorrow, they'll be full of it. That England have been appalling. They're the worst English team in the Euros for yeah. 30, 40 years. There'll be all of that tomorrow. 
and um, just because Scotland were able to match them, which I'm pretty delighted about. The uh, Graham's Gishwamengi give all if England wins the group, they will um, they will play a, a second team. Uh, they, so they they, they will <laughs> play. A, it's very difficult for me to begin speak at half eleven on a flag night. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So so basically, what he was saying was England could play Portugal, Germany, or France, <laughs> or give or give us Scotland again at Hampton. That that would go down well with me um, as well. But yeah. So I think we should turn our attention now to the Croatia game and Tuscan talk about what we expect him out the out the game but I, I think we I think we're gonna uh, keep the same team uh, as I, as I was saying but we'll come back and I'll be minute to speak about that. Uh, you're listening to Indie Live Regular at the Euros on a flag of night. Uh, you're listening to the locker room at the Euros. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm 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 quite early tonight for some reason. I must be so excited. I want to celebrate, but the Carol Ryan blue. Um, so, it's because you're so excited about Craig Brown. Be honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you can you can you can now listen to the interview online, uh, Graham, if you want to go and listen to it after the show. Please. I have one. Oh, have you? There, okay. Oh, he's keen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're well, coming back in a few weeks. Right, here we go. As well. You're listening to the locker room at the Euros with post-match reaction: Scotland versus England. Uh, yeah, I think that the. the uh, the producer made a comment earlier on about um, do you think um, that the Scottish weather helped us get in Wembley tonight because it was absolutely soaking at the game um, and during the day as well and believe it or not up here in Scotland we have sun as well so so there you go so they'll always take the weather with you that would uh, cloudy cows I think that, that can help get you for a song yeah, exactly. Um, so, Talking about the weather, Michael, um, yeah. I did see uh, an image on TV earlier of uh, a, a kilted Scotland fan doing a water slide. I think it was in Leicester Square. <laughs> I didn't realise it was that wet down there today until I seen that later on this evening. But you know what? That's what makes the Scottish fans so popular when they get to these tournaments. You know, we don't really go out there to fight people. We just go out there to get drunk and have a good time. <laughs> have you seen the one yet of the, the kilted Scotsman on the tube? No. <laughs> have, you have you haven't seen that break dancing on the tube? The, the Scottish kilt, <laughs> the Scotsman in his kilt, that is all he is wearing. Is only his kilt, and he decides to do the worm, I think it's called, up and down the uh, tube, uh, uh, going between stations. Yeah, so I think, you know, there's no doubt, and I mentioned earlier, I was down at Euro 96, and um, what a fantastic few days Scottish fans had. And, yeah. um, you know, while at the moment, 
I've heard so many people going down without tickets and you've got to have mm -hmm. a concern about that with COVID at the moment and what they might bring back with them. There's no doubt that's a concern. But, um, you know, Scottish fans, you know, we've, we have missed that. I think we probably underestimate yeah. the value of that, of Scottish fans being at these tournaments. You know, we've mm -hmm. missed that for over 20 years. And uh, it's a massive thing for Scots to be able to show, you know, to the world, you know, whether it's break dancing or sliding on our bellies through Leicester <laughs> Square, it's, you know, that we can have fun, we can have a party, yeah. we tend to win these awards, don't we, for being, mm -hmm. uh, you know, fans. And the idea that fans can go down there and there's no trouble, that, that's difficult for, for some other countries to yeah. take on board. And, you know, I think there will be people who have welcomed that element to these Euros as well, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure. I love yeah. your diplomacy there, saying some countries. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there are other countries available who have a hooligan element. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's I'm a bit like right. supermarkets, you know, you pick your, your favourite. <laughs> I, I live in the Scottish border. I live four miles away from one of these countries we're talking about. <laughs> anyway, that, enough of that. Let's let's get back to this football talk. Let's talk about Croatia, as Michael alluded to a wee while ago. Um, predictions. Anybody want to make a prediction for Monday for the game against Croatia? I would, but it's on Tuesday. All right, Tuesday. Then. <laughs> well, see if you'd made it for Monday. That might have been the difference, and we could have it's gone through. Me. <laughs> I've got to get up early tomorrow to do another show for three hours, so you don't yeah, give me a break here. Because that sounded really professional until that point, James. <laughs> I know. Listen, I'm, I'm, picking up, I'm picking up tips from Michael, you see, so <laughs> <laughs> I should stop listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on Tuesday, what do you think will happen in the game? Whoever we pick one, one thing, James, you're talking about... Um, Team selection. I actually wonder whether Stevie Clark may make a change and, and it might be unexpected because the team have done so well and it wouldn't mm. surprise me if he just picked the same team and said, look, you boys deserve it. Out you go again. But I wouldn't be We've talked really, really well and I've said myself, I thought Stephen O'Donnell played really well tonight. Mm. But it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he looks at that and says, look, we haven't scored goals. You know, we, we do need something more going forward. Can we take a risk? And, and maybe sacrifice a little bit that defensive solidity and, and pr perhaps bring in James Forrest, you know, or yeah. bring in somebody perhaps, um, you know, who gives us that bit more going forward. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw that because we have to go out and score. You know, we yeah. have to score in this game. Um, and, and I think, you know, we have to take it to them early on. So that's what I expect that, that we do set up to play um, you know, more attack. Well, I say more attacking. We certainly attack pretty well tonight, and it's been important in the games. But we do need to have guys that can finish. And I think Stephen O'Donnell did really well. I think what we're seeing from Stephen tonight, we talked about it earlier, was he was in a position there to be able mm -hmm. to take a shot at goal. And okay, and it was a decent shot. It was well saved. But you would expect James Forrest or somebody, you know, one of our more attacking players, to perhaps finish. Um, you know when they get further apart so so that yeah I, in terms of where we're going I, I do think Croatia will want to come back with something I think they'll want to to show that they're not as poor as we've seen maybe so far they don't have Mandzukic anymore um, Modric is we're talking earlier he's 35 years old now he, he does look like he's a bit of a lone star a lot of players mm -hmm. are looking to him to turn it on every time he gets the ball 
which is it's pretty easy for teams to defend against or easier to defend yeah. against. You know, they're not the team they were a few years ago. Um but but they still got some very skillful players. So I expect it to be a, a really difficult game. I expect it possibly to be a more open game where mm-hmm. both teams are, are looking to, to score. And um you know that's where we need our defenders to stand up. But that, that's where you know we might have a chance of scoring as well. Yeah Get a couple of quotes there from Skinny Clark. Just get the press conference after the game. Just picking through the highlights of it all. And um, no, he never had a smile on his face after go, going to, to Wembley and having a numbnail uh, glow. But basically, he was saying that he wanted uh, Stevie O'Donnell to score. Uh, tonight after the criticism he received the other day and also that he says, I've always believed that Scotland got a very good team and everybody, everybody wrote us off and also um, he just said at the end of the press conference there that I hope the fans enjoy their night, behave themselves and go home safely so um, yeah, so, so that was Stevie Clark's um, I, I went on. I went on probably a bit longer, as you know, David and these press conferences. But these are the highlights of uh, the quotes that he was quoting tonight. So overall, he was happy without a smile on his face. So I can buy that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I somebody's think... getting killed in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's Graham told off. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Are you, you're still here, mate. <laughs> yep. So yeah. So so that's what Masker Clark said after the game tonight. So mm. your response to that, David? Yeah. I mean, we no surprise. We we knew, you know, and both managers. As I think James, you said earlier, you know, that both managers are known for being diplomatic, being being praising of the team, not getting carried away. And, you know, we said earlier, I think that Stevie Clark is, is a good man at the moment. There's, I've just seen a comment there from Martin Comston has been has been all over Twitter tonight and um, getting very excited. And he's responding to an England fan who said, you know, don't get carried away. You do realise it was nil-nil. You've not won the Euros. You're still bottom of the group. And uh, Martin's <laughs> come back to that on Twitter is, yeah, we've won the Euros as many times as England have, Sam. <laughs> Um, what, what makes you affords you this tone of condescension? Is it your many visits to the final? And yeah, and you know, I think there's a there's a reality there that you know we're. I don't think we will. I don't think the players and the, and the manager Stevie Clark are getting carried away. Will get carried away with a win over England. And I think that's you know we've got to be quite excited about that. We've got to be quite excited about the fact that that this is a team that looks like it's going places. We're in first. Mm. It's just the start of something. You know, yes, we do need to go out and do that against Croatia. We do need to show against Croatia that we we you know we're a better team we've seen in the past. You know, James and, and myself and, and others, we've seen us go up against Costa Rica and lose, uh, Morocco and lose, uh, you know, the Russians and get caught out when we thought we were onto something. Um, we've seen that in the past. But I, you know, I think this team has to build building blocks that, that, that suggest that this isn't a one-off. And, and I think that's, you know, I get that from what you're saying, Michael. The, the feedback from Stevie Clark and from the squad is that they see that they don't see this as being a one-off celebration, you know, that this is just the start of something, which I think is pretty exciting. Yeah, I think you have to take into 
consideration as well that even if they don't progress to the next round in this particular tournament, if they play well, even though they might not win, it's still building on something, you know, and hopefully it might take them to the next World Cup, you know. And the, the more the players play together and the more they win games together, the better they'll get and the more confident they'll get. But as a football fan, uh, a Scotland football fan, it's often difficult to see it like that. Um, I, I don't like the way that you keep alluding to me being an old geezer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only talking about years. We, we remember the last two minutes. <laughs> but no, I, I do, you know, I, I mean, I can, God, I, I remember 1974 in West Germany, you know, um, when we went to the World Cup there, you know, and every year there was a World Cup. After that, we were there, you know, and there was a spell when England couldn't get there and we were getting there. So, mm. you know, these things sort of come around in cycles. Um, and at the moment, Scotland have got some good young players um, currently in the team and some good young players going forward. And we want to build on what we're doing at the moment. There you go. That's me finished with my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, well, you've you've just added to that. Nineteen seventy four. You've gone back to James. Nineteen seventy eight is about as far as I go back. <laughs> well, I, the only thing I can remember about it is my granny bouncing me on her knee and telling me about it. Yeah, yeah that's enough, James. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's a late show, but come on, mm. come on, play nice. <laughs> do, do you know? For me personally, the biggest disappointment in 1974 was that Jinky Johnston didn't play enough. But then he was my idol when I was a boy. Yeah. I think that goes for a lot of Celtic players in that era, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, that's an interesting point because, you know, actually that in itself, James, how often, you know, Kenyon Douglas was my favourite player growing up and, and always was my hero. And the stick he got... Yeah. For not turning it on, supposedly when he played for Scotland, and Andy Robinson, Andy Robertson's been through a lot of that. You know, he's mm -hmm. not playing as well for Scotland as he plays for Liverpool. When the the reality is, he's surrounded by players at Liverpool that mean he can play differently. He's not yeah. just to do something every time he's on the ball. He can just pass the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas in Scotland, there's that greater expectation. But I, you know, I think you're right in in that it's really important on the players though that the that the players understand. And I think when you've got young guys like Billy Gilmore and others being given their chance coming into the team, they also start to take on that responsibility and start, yeah. to, you know, say, look, we're not, you know, I'm playing in, in English Premiership. I'm looking to play in the Champions League. You know, they've been part of the Champions League, so nothing is beyond these guys. So yeah. they will be looking at, at, at going to World Cups. They'll not be happy at going out in group stages. And yeah. I think that's huge for us, you know, because these guys are the ones who pull others on and pull others to believe, you know, that. It, and, and you're right, we may not qualify in this one. We may not do enough against Croatia. Um, but I think we still have to see this, even going back to that first game against Czech Republic. You know, I, I wasn't one of those who was who, who felt that it was a poor performance. I thought it was a good performance, and and we matched them. We just were not clinical enough, and and they were. Uh, yeah, a couple of mistakes. You know, I, I don't think we any did anybody notice David Marshall being close to the centre circle tonight, um, <laughs> and the ball was in England half. I didn't think <laughs> we learn from some of these things, but yeah. Um, 
you know, we weren't far off. You know, hit the bar, we had a few chances against the Czech Republic. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, James, you know, I'm a St. Mirren fan. You know, the, ch- the, the challenge we have is, is when you're, you're further down the pecking order is you can't quite afford the quality of striker that other mm. teams can afford. So you can compete. You've got, you can have good defences, good midfielders, but you don't quite have the guys to put it in the back of the net. And that's the same with Scotland compared yeah. against mm. the best teams in the world. We don't quite have the strikers that the best in the world have. So you've got to find other ways to manufacture goals. So it's going to be difficult. But, mm. you, know, you know, that's what it's about, bringing them through. A good good song on Twitter there. I know David uh, David liked it as well. But um, uh, one of the journalists, Kenny Crawford, said Gareth Southgate um, went out his way to um, congratulate Skate Stephen O'Donnell and and his performance uh, tonight. So it just shows you that uh, you know that that, that the Scotland players has made a bit of a name for, for themselves as well. And Stephen O'Donnell um, was at come up with uh, Stevie Clark when he was a the manager there. So um, again, that, that hopefully, as we say at the top of the show, hopefully they will applaud the Scot- Scottish team. You know, it's not about killing Kenny John again. Um, um, Armstrong because they play in England. We've got players up here in Scotland that plays for Scottish teams. Uh, hey, Michael, play for Scotland as well. I don't know if you noticed, Michael, but just after the game had finished, Southgate even on the pitch went out his way to to chase after O'Donnell to shake his hand after that performance. So it's strange you say that. Um, but I noticed that O'Donnell kind of to use a Scottish phrase, dingied him a little bit. So Southgate had to chase after him. <laughs> he was feared that Southgate was going to hit him. Well, well, well. Now that you say that, Matthew, I'm a bit late with that one because uh, Kenny put that one hour ago. So, so I've just woke up. That's, what was the score again? Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. No, no. Um, good point. But I don't want to get carried away. But okay, I will get carried away. But. If we won on Monday and if we got a point tonight, we just we just say that was that was um, our ticket to the next round. Anyone? Probably, probably. Um, but the thing is that it's a relatively short tournament. This mm. in terms of the number of games that we're playing to get through to the next round. Um, so it's highly likely that everybody could take points off everybody else, um, you know, and you could end up in that crazy situation where just because Croatia got one goal more than you, they go through and you don't. Um, it would have been a great benefit if we had won on Monday and picked up a point tonight or got a point on Monday and got a win tonight, you know. But as, as it stands, you know, we are where we are. We've got to go into the game on Tuesday, Matthew, that wasn't me. <laughs> 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 to, to be fair, James, that wasn't Matthew. It's like that. I was there. You go, Matthew, stuck up for you. That's all you did. Yep. Oh, Graham's actually a Mickey get with him. So <laughs> there you go, Graham. I think I think I picked on him enough on Monday with it doing it again tonight. So well, Graham's not the new boy now. It's David's the new boy tonight. So um, you, you've not picked on David. So, so well, we've got Michael. We've got to treat David kindly because, like you said, every time he's on the show, Scotland do something against England. So <laughs> we have to be nice to him. And <laughs> yeah. after all, and after all, remember that David is a buddy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's ever buddy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Has, yeah. Somebody out, has somebody actually worked out the permutations? Because I know I started looking at them last week. You know, as you do as a Scotland supporter, you start to work out how far you can go in this tournament. And I did have us worked out that we could finish third in our pool. We could go through as one of the best third place teams. We could play somebody like Finland or Denmark in the next round so we could win that obviously and and then we could get through we could find ourselves playing England in the semi-finals has, has anybody had a look to see anything more realistic I, I, I try not to look that far ahead um, where Scotland's concerned. And where did this come from, David? One minute you're telling us to keep our feet in the ground and now we're, now we're playing England. No, it's, it's, it's past the watershed. So <laughs> feet in the ground for a period of time, but it's now yeah. 10 12. So yeah. start thinking about uh, romance of the of the Euro Championships. Yeah. And I, I don't want to spoil everybody's funder here, especially Graham, but Craig Brown gigs there to get that. He'll come back on when, when we get to the final. So, there you go. Who said that, Michael? Uh, Craig Brown, <laughs> but Matt, I... <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> He's only there now, yeah, yeah. Um, can I tell you that? No, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're all looking forward to Truth Connect now, but it's wonderful because a few, year, a few years ago it was, a, it was a bit of hard work, what's in Scotland, but now it's like, oh, I love what's in Scotland, you know, um, and, and hopefully they do well and a good pool of players as well, you know. And, mm. yeah, um, David Wright, you know, it's after you know, 10 o'clock at night, let's get carried away with ourselves here, you know, and I would like to play England at, no, I'm on the king, uh, at Hamden. In the maybe. final. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're a German linesman or something. Anyway, um, with Harry Kane up front, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you should swap them round. Like, I mean, we're talking about how far Scotland can go, but let's be realistic. There's no chance of England going to the final, is there? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, controversial. And on that note, Graham wants to give us his prediction for Tuesday. Come on then, Graham. Oh, yeah. Go, Graham. Right, here we go. Because this is going to be typically Scottish, right? <laughs> so, oh, we don't say it then. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is positive, right? It's going to be 1-1 one, one in the last uh-huh. minute. And we're doing we're gonna do an Alison Becker for Liverpool. David Marshall's coming up last minute to score the winner. Two one Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) And then we still get knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually gonna be quite positive for the game against Croatia and I'm gonna go for a one nil win for Scotland and Che Adams to score. Oh there you go. Yeah, come on, Mar- come on, Matthew. Um, uh, well, my heart says I think we'll manage to pick up a two-one victory, and I think. Uh, Use your head. Use your head. My head. I think it'll finish one-one. Mm. <laughs> You're not coming back, Matthew. You're sacked. Cut David. off. What will Michael do without me? <laughs> well, in that case, I won't mention what my head says. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I think the same. I think there's a potential that it will be a bit more open because 
you know, Croatia want to leave a mark on the tournament and, well, they're in the same position as us, Croatia. You know, they've got a point, we've got a point, so they've still got something to play for. Um, that I, I think there's a potential it will be, I think Matthew just said, 2-1 and I'll go with 2-1 to Scotland. Mm. Michael. Okay. Um, the host I, with the most. The host with the most guest. I will go for a <laughs> What is past the matter said now, Michael? Just uh, keep that top down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go for five. No, no, I'm uh, two nil to Scotland. Two nil to Scotland. Yes. Uh, Stephen O'Donnell mm. goal. Yes, <laughs> Stephen O'Donnell. In the ni- in the ninety fourth minute. Yeah, come off, come off his finger. Oh, the final whistle went at ninety two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What worries me is that CFA. See if Kevin Nisbet comes on and scores. I'm going to have to celebrate a guy for hips scoring. <laughs> Started with that. You'll have to get used to that this season, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you keep opening that door, Graham. I know, I do. <laughs> well, if, if, you, if you keep saying about hips, we'll keep saying to you about Craig Brown, Graham. That's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's who's going to take over from Matthew. Oh, God, I'm sorry, Michael. It'll <laughs> 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 be the Michael and Craig show. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Brown's boys. Hey, if Craig Brown comes in, we'll have lost our only listener in Graham, so that's us. Imagine if we get beat tonight, we would not be laughing. Um, thanks for listening tonight, and we'll be back on Tuesday night um, against Croatia at 10 o'clock. Uh, don't forget, you can listen to the show as a podcast. And also, you can listen to Sir Craig Brown and you as well. Um, so, Scotland now, England now at Wembley. Thanks to Debbie, Matthew, Graham, and everyone. And we'll see you in the future. And we'll see you in the future.